You're listening to a chapel message from Trinity Christian College, recorded live at the Ozinga Chapel Auditorium in Palos Heights, Illinois. Good morning. You know, a lot of people have been asking me how my first few weeks at Trinity, I've only been here, believe it or not, this is my third week. I feel like I've been here forever. Do you feel like I've been, I feel like, I don't know if that's good or bad, but I just feel like I've been here eons. But a lot of people have been asking me how it's been going, and uh, overall, the answer I give is it's going pretty well. You know, I love the campus, I love the job, and uh, perhaps most importantly, I like you. You're you're like, no, he doesn't. Uh, Just hold on. We've only known each other three weeks. Uh, But I would say that uh, perhaps things did get a little weird, maybe my first week. Uh, I was really new to the campus. I'd never been here before. And I parked in the alumni lot without a parking sticker. And over the course of the week, Pastor Ben received uh, not one, not two, not three, but four parking tickets. Okay? Now let me tell you something. When I came out to a busy, after a busy week and I saw a stack of parking tickets on my windshield, I was a little upset. I was on a 30-minute drive and I was fuming the whole way. I was like, oh, well, they don't know who I am. They don't, they don't know this is Pastor Ben's car. They don't know the week I had. And you know what? I bet that the safety and security people who were giving these were thinking the same thing. You know, they were like, this is just some, some punk college student. They think they're invincible. They think they can get away with anything. And after a quick uh, conversation with our amazing safety and security department, we, they're really great. They're really great. And we got, it all, we got it all smoothed over. This was just, you know, a case of crossed wires. And so Pastor Ben does not have to pay these tickets because Jesus has canceled my debts. And that's right. That's right. That's right. You still have to pay your parking tickets, <laughs> but I was in a different situation. But all of this uh, reminds me, right, that it's pretty easy to misunderstand others. It's pretty easy to misunderstand others, isn't it? It's very easy to uh, have the wrong point of view, to see people in situations from different perspectives, because where we are seated and where we are looking matters. And this problem is nothing new. I think that the Corinthians knew all about this. And based on what uh, Karen just read, it seems that the early Christian community in Corinth has been viewing people the wrong way. And so it leads Paul to say this in verse 16, that from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. A, A worldly point of view. Now, The Greek phrase, hiding underneath that word. Now, I'm not big on like every sermon has to have like Greek or Hebrew in it because I really just think that like that's unnecessary. So it's very very rare that I do this, but I do have to prove myself to you and prove that I went to seminary. So the Greek phrase, I think it's really interesting. It's the phrase kata sarxa, kata sarxa, which actually does not mean worldly point of view. It means uh, according to the flesh, the sarx, or according to our human nature. And Paul describes these people in verse 15 as those who live for themselves and not for Christ. And the problem for Paul is that living katasarksa only creates division. Now, you do not need me to tell you that we are living in divisive times. 
times when we use a worldly point of view to set the boundaries for what makes you and me a part of a community. And this perspective is sometimes called a bounded set mentality, a bounded set mentality. It is when we choose to see things with me as a reference point. And I mean, let's face it, right? We can set the rules for belonging a lot easier than we want to admit. And these bounds can be explicit, right? You know, in order to belong with me, you have to uh, look like me, eat the same food as me, speak the same language as me. But we can also, I think, set more uh, subtle bounds, you know, based on our more implicit biases. You know, in order to be part of my circle, you have to think like me, love the same people as me, vote like me. And in short, if you are in, I accept you. And if you are out, I reject you. My rules, my ways of belonging, my community are set by my point of view. This is a bounded set. And Paul says that this is how we saw Jesus. Because Jesus didn't neatly fit into the boxes, the bounds that we set up, and so we rejected him. Because it's pretty easy to misunderstand others. And Paul is saying that living with a worldly point of view only further divides a world that God is trying to bring back together. And so, we no longer regard each other from a worldly point of view. Because, as Paul says in verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Paul is breaking the news that a new cosmic order has finally arrived. Because for Paul, Christ's death on the cross turns the tables. It signals that the promised reality has gone. The old ways of viewing things, they're gone. The new ways, they are here. And what seems to be an even bigger deal is what we read in the next two verses. Because Paul continues that all of this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. So Paul invites the Corinthians to engage in the ministry of reconciliation, joining God's work of bringing the world back together. And the invitation that Paul gives the Corinthians is the same invitation that we have today. Christ gives us the ministry of reconciliation as a gift to ourselves and others. In this work, it's a call from above because it is true that God wants to bring the world back together. And God chooses to accomplish this mission through unexpected means, that is, the ordinary work of you and me. And so bringing the world back together, it starts with Christ's death, but it continues with our everyday work as ambassadors for Christ, in Paul's words. People who urge others to come back to God, to be part of what God is doing in the restoration of the created world. And so rather than being a bounded set community, using ourselves as reference points for how someone can be in or out of my circle, we view ourselves as what is also called a centered set community, a centered set community. We recognize that everyone is at different places in their faith journeys, and so we don't fixate on the boundaries, you know, those boundaries which only divide us. Instead, we use Christ as our reference point, Christ as the center, and we focus on being a community that is centering itself on Christ. You know, here at Trinity, I'm not sure if I should say this, I'm going to say it. All right, here we go. Here at Trinity, we are proud to call ourselves a Christ-centered college 
We really are. But you know what? So does every other Christian college in the country. Every Christian college in this country, if you go on their website, they are going to say, we are a Christ-centered college where you can thrive and flourish. Okay, cool. I really believe that. And that's really great. But the problem with calling ourselves Christ-centered is that it only shows where we are right now. It doesn't really show where we are aiming to go. And so I wonder what it might look like if we called ourselves a Christ-centering college, a Christ-centering college, a place that is trying earnestly, with the help of the Spirit, to become closer and closer to Jesus. Because here's the hard truth. You ready for it? If we keep trying to become more like other people, we will never become more like Jesus. If we keep trying to become more like other people, we will never become more like Jesus. If we keep setting the boundaries, we will only divide ourselves, and we will never become centered on Christ. Now, with each degree that we angle closer to Christ, we get closer and closer to being the community that God has created us to be. But centering on Christ, it does take time. It means that we will disagree. It means that we will not always solve all of our conflicts in a quick two-minute conversation, a quick text message, or a Facebook or Instagram post. It takes conversations to be a centered set community. It means that we have to move beyond the bounds that I set myself and commit to turning my life toward Christ with others and for the sake of others. And these are the joys of being able to come to a college campus. You know, when we live and when we learn together, we have the joy of struggling through life together, and we get to witness how God is working in our lives. This fall, as Pastor Aaron said, we are in a uh, teaching series entitled Life at the Table. Life at the Table. And in this series, we will make our way, which starts tomorrow, or not tomorrow, Friday, we will make our way through the book of Luke. Because scholars regularly observe that in the book of Luke, Jesus is always at a table or on the way to a table. And we will look at these different encounters of Jesus at tables in Luke, and we will use Jesus as our model for making room for others. Because finding life at the table is about more than just saying, you know, here's how you can sit with me. That's a bounded set idea, right? Instead, it is about inviting people to sit with us wherever they're at. And then, as a centering community, working to turn our seats closer and closer to Christ, closer to the head of the table. Because it is pretty easy to misunderstand others. I promise you that you yourself by the end of today, will misunderstand somebody. You will get into a fight with your roommates over the thermostat. You will think, you've already, oh, some of you have already been there. You will think, yeah, you're looking, you're looking, look at your roommate. Okay. Uh, you will think that your professor said one thing in a lecture when they really meant another. You will get confused when your bosses and team members are crossing wires. You will wonder why you received four parking tickets for no reason. But when we view ourselves as a Christ-centering community, we make room for misunderstanding. We make room for the dialogue, the conversations that help us understand. We make room, then, for the messiness that inevitably follows. We make room for grace. We make room at the table. 
turning from a worldly point of view to a Christ-centering point of view is very hard. It happens slowly, but happens certainly. It happens when we have a profound conversation over coffee at the BBC. It happens when we feel quietly convicted during a meeting. It happens when we pray together on the field or in the dorms. It happens when we gather as a campus community for worship on Wednesdays and Fridays here, at Outcry on Thursdays. Friends, God is working to reconcile the Trinity community, to turn our hearts closer to Jesus. So let's join it. I know it's really hard work, but with the Spirit's help, we can do it. May the words of my mouth in the meditations of our hearts, be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Thank you for listening to Trinity Christian College's Chapel Podcast. To learn more about campus ministries at Trinity, visit trnty.edu slash chapel.